welcome back to Talk Woo Woo to Me, a supernatural podcast with me, your host, Athena Rodriguez. Hey, hey, how's it going? Welcome back. Long time no uh, void. I don't know how to say it. I, I can't hear them. Uh, I am here joined with uh, my absolutely beautiful and gorgeous husband, Funky Sam Medina. Well, hello there. You know... I've always heard that I had a great face for podcasts. You did? And radio. Oh, my. Yeah. It, I, I sure enjoy it. Thank you. Yes, yes. Uh, so for the past two weeks, look, we, we missed a week or two. And just because uh, December is a busy month for, I think, a lot of us out here. Just uh, if even if you're not celebrating a holiday, I feel like just December is just hustle and bustle and you're on the go and and things get a little hectic and a little stressful out there. So I hope you're you're all doing well for uh, for your holiday season uh, slash December. Uh, we were honored to be a part of a show this uh, past week called Brief is a Jerk. We were. We were. It was a free show online on Zoom with our really hilarious friend, uh, comedy person, uh, slash producer, slash artist, uh, Angela. And she makes this show. She produces it, books it, and she hosts it, and she is absolutely wonderful. Um, this show is an opportunity for the comedians to speak about their experiences with grief and kind of put a little bit of a humorous spin and lighten up the mood a little bit. And I really enjoyed this because I feel like it's uh, beneficial to the people who are watching it and somewhat cathartic for the the performers when when... Uh, they're up there and they're able to speak on their grief. I feel like it makes them able to fully express themselves and not feel kind of like bound up by um, what's appropriate or considered yeah. appropriate. Yeah, I was going to say it's like a safe place to kind of air that, like that part of you, you know, because if you go to a place and you're like, oh, you know, X, X, Y, and Z died and these are jokes about it. I mean, that could potentially bring mm -hmm. someplace down or somebody mm -hmm. might not like it or somebody may be triggered or who, you know, it's a gamble sometimes. Mm -hmm. But this is a safe place where people knew what was going to happen and we went there just all for support and for love. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. And I really hope that uh, we get to be a part of the next one. Um, and if you want to find out about the next one, Go follow Angela on Instagram at Crafting Comedy Cart. Sure. Yeah. And um, you can also check us out at hypotheticalcomedy.com. We do post the, the Grief is a Jerk show flyer and information because it's something that we are very invested in as in being able to put that out there and let our platform be available for it. So, yeah, Grief is a Jerk. Uh, I highly agree. And then we also helped out with the Chronic Illness Show uh, hosted by um, Linda Camacho from Canada. Yeah, that was a fun show. Mm -hmm. 
I, I would follow Linda Camacho. She's uh, doing some really cool things lately, and I'm pretty sure she's going to probably do another uh, chronic illness show. So you might want to, you know, keep your ear out for that. And that's a chronic illness that, you know, affects people who are um, having chronic illness, chronic pain and, and long COVID and, you know, the whole spectrum of, you know, having something that you have to deal with. And it's, it's very difficult, but again, with a, you know, kind of lighten it up, humorous spin. Am I right? Yes. Yes. Uh, so yeah, check those out. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to say that the, the past two weeks have been uneventful for me because I feel like I've just kind of been going, going, going. And then I, I, I think that I get a little bit um, more fatigued, but it's not that I'm like overdoing it to myself. I think I get a little bit uh, sad during uh, December just because, you know, my father passed away in December and I kind of like, it still has that, that little bit of a, a feeling in it. So I, this year I, I took the opportunity to kind of just, you know, mellow out, uh, not really engage in a lot of Facebook stuff and, and social media stuff and just kind of like chill out and keep my, my wits about me because I want to be able to, uh, enjoy being in the present. Know what I mean? Know what you mean, Vern. <laughs> I I felt it as soon as I said it, and I'm like, just don't do the, you know what I'm saying? Don't be the Beavis right now. <laughs> uh, but I just wanted to say, hey, we're going to have this new episode right here that we're talking about. And the last episode was about my dreams. This episode I wanted to talk about uh, my tools, the kind of divination that I use for um, my tarot card readings, uh, for readings for myself, stuff like that, from tarot cards to dowsing rods. We're going to be talking about them. Are you excited? I'm excited. I, I can see it. You, yeah. You have that excited Let's look on Let's get the toolbox. The toolbox. And put on the tool belt. Go. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah? Something like that. I like it. I no, like it. No, Tim. No, t- oh dang, no, Tim. So yeah, uh, I feel like one of the divination tools that I have grown accustomed to is uh, tarot cards, and um, I started off with the Rider Waite tarot, which is kind of like the classic version of the tarot that everybody kind of like associates with tarot cards. Excuse me. <clears throat> and. Um, I guess I would say that I, I started tarot cards when I was a teenager just because um, I felt like they were a little bit accurate whenever I, I read with them and that made me kind of want to delve more into that because like I said uh, I was experiencing stuff with you know spirituality and having the mediumship abilities kind of like made me want to understand a little bit more information uh, to be able to understand my abilities and the way that they're affecting me. And so tarot cards were part of that process of me being able to say what's going on and how do I do this? And tarot cards are supposed to tell you about the, your soul's journey and the karmic influence you have. 
And I wrote down some notes because I want you guys to be able to have like uh, an in-depth thing. And sometimes I have like, um, I ramble. That's what I have. And I wanted to make sure that I, I stayed on point with this. So we're going to say with tarot cards, uh, there's supposed to be a certain amount of what we call major arcana and those are these 21 cards that imply uh, the life lessons that we go through they're also known as trump cards and the major arcana are going to uh, be starting off with the number zero all the cards have their own numbers you know zero to 21 and each card is a different uh, part of what we call the fool's journey. So the fool being the number zero of the deck, that is the main character of the major arcana. And we follow him along his journey. So the second card of the, the tarot deck would be technically card number one, which is the magician. So the fool along his journey goes and he meets the magician and the magician says, I have mastered all of these elements, which are the cups, the swords, the wands, and the pentacles. And basically it kind of teaches them how to use these things in tandem. And that's where we go through the journey is that each card is an influence and a life lesson that they're going through. And um, they're going to go along this journey until the completion, which is the world card, which is card number 21. All good? So what do you think so far? It's pretty interesting. I didn't even know any of this. Oh. <laughs> uh, so like with Major Arcana, I, I feel like these are kind of like the the real life lessons that you're you're trying to, you know, go through to experience and grow and kind of like form your character in your life uh, journey and those major arcana cards are going to be like yes you need to learn this lesson or um, if you're reading reversals which is when the card comes out upside down uh, not not a lot of readers will read them reversed but if you're reading reversals sometimes it means the opposite of what the card implies so like Say you have the Hermit card. <clears throat> and the Hermit card, if it comes out upright, it means that you, you're you introspective. You go places. You're soul searching. <laughs> you leave the house. No. You're, you're, you know, like holding the light, the lantern, and you're, you know, shining the light on your own way and trying to figure out your own way. But if it comes out reversed, yeah, you're, you're more, you're prone to loneliness, withdrawal. Um, isolating yourself too much. Um, so you have the dual meanings, right? Uh, the, the same thing can be said for like the card, like the tower, which is upright. It's a sudden change, a shock. Excuse me. <clears throat> Chaos, the tower, when you get it, it's kind of like telling you, hey, this is a shock because this is not a very solid foundation that you've, you've built this upon and it needs to be crashed down. And then when you get it in 
uh, reverse, it could mean something completely different. I, I, I think that these cards, whenever I pull them out, yeah, they have the, the story to them. But one of the things that I do when I do my readings is I'm intuitively feeling the cards and sometimes I'll get an energy signature and it'll show me either something that I've been through that I can let relate to this person or it'll show me what specifically it's trying to talk about because a lot of these things they they'll have dual meanings there's different symbolism some of the cards have things like uh, a pomegranate and a pomegranate would mean abundance and uh, a salamander right a salamander would mean protection so you have to like kind of like know the overall symbols and and stuff on it but I would also engage with the intuitive feel on the card because sometimes it could just um, mean something completely different than what's pictured on the card. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> I feel like I'm droning on. No, it's interesting. <clears throat> it's good. So after the major arcana, we have the minor arcana. Um, these ones, these ones are kind of like, like the temporary influences that are happening in your life. These are different situations that are going on in your life. And these are like the wands, the swords, the pentacles, the cups. And we know that the wands are kind of like associated with creativity and passion. Swords are intellect. Pentacles have to deal with work and money. Cups are emotions. So if we think about the temporary influences that if we get like a cup card, we know that it's a temporary influence on our emotions, um, stuff like that. And then we have the suits, which are like the pages, knights, queens, and kings. And those can determine uh, a lot of different things. They can tell you the uh, people that are involved in your reading. They can tell you about the personality traits that are involved in the reading. They can talk about situations that are happening in the reading. It's very important that you put the intention of what you want before you're reading, when you're reading those uh, suit cards. Uh, at the beginning of the reading, I would advise that you say, okay, for the suit cards, I wanna know whatever suit comes out that the, for the court cards, I want them to describe the people that they're talking about, describe their personalities, describe this, because then the meanings could be just so many and you wouldn't really be able to, to pinpoint which one. Oh man. So yeah, like, uh, we're talking about the court cards and the court cards, I, I, I don't know if I had told you this, but the court cards are like the pages, the knights, the queens, and the kings. Okay, yeah, the courtyard. The card. courtyards, the courtyards. So we want to know if the court cards are representing someone else or ourselves. And like I said, we want to make sure that we put the intention that that's what it's doing because if... We want to know about um, 
ourselves and it, a court card comes out that's describing that something that we don't resonate with, then we're going to be like, oh, is this me or somebody coming into my life? You know? Um, the court cards are also kind of like, uh, they've got age groups. So pages oh. would be 21 and under. Wait, no. No, pages are like kind of the, the kids, the very youthful um, but the dual, the dual meaning to that is like, you could get a page for somebody that's very young, or you could get a page for somebody who's young at heart. And then you have the, uh, knights. Those are kind of like the teenagers. They're passionate, but they're kind of impulsive. You've got the queens who are like that mature, protective, caring nature, the kings who are also mature, but they are very big on action and leadership. And each one has like different personality traits. Like you would have the page of swords and that's somebody who's like pretty confident into fairness and new ideas. But the knight of swords is into confrontation, you know, cause that's a teenager confrontation. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but the queen of swords is, uh, she's like kind of that, you know, person who is good with communication and clarity and hope and the king of swords um is built on logic he likes planning ahead he likes structure so it's it's nice to know that uh, there's progressions between the the suits you know like you can be a page of wands starting off and then along your journey you're turning into the knight of wands and then the queen of wands and then you've got the king of wands and it's kind of like you're you're going through a uh, glow up, so to speak. You're mastering that court card. And so that can that can describe you or it could describe someone you're with. It could be also be like characteristics um, uh, personality wise. It could be uh, that's what they they seem. The person might seem like um yeah, so, yeah, the tarot card is very, very interesting. Uh, very interesting to read, too, because, like I said, the major arcana, like the high priestess card, the first 21 of the deck are going to be your life lessons, and the they're kind of like set in stone lessons that you have to go through. You have to learn it. There's no really workaround around them. Um unless you don't want to grow. And then the rest of the cards are kind of like giving you more information of the situations surrounding those life lessons, but they're more malleable. Like I can learn it this way or I can learn it this way. Which way are you going to take it? You know what I'm saying? And then uh, we have those... Sorry, I brain farted. Um, the decks that I use are the Rider Weight deck, the classic one. Uh, but I also am a big fan of the Psychic Tarot by John Holland. And I like it because it implements um, the tarot cards, but in an oracle card kind of way. And then there's also this really nice plus where they have uh, chakra cards included inside. So you can pull those out as well. 
very informative and the artwork is really lovely and then i also have the modern witch tarot by lisa sterl and i really like that one it has uh, a writer weight feel but it's like the the title says more modern you know what i'm saying so modern so modern i love it how modern it. of you it's it's quite modern quite modern um <clears throat> Sometimes during tarot readings, you like to pull cards to clarify the message. Like I said, um, I can pull cards to clarify the message, but I also like to intuitively feel the cards because I do get an energy signature off them that also helps. And then, like I said before, uh, some people read reversals. I, um, I choose before the readings whether I do or don't want to read a reversal because more often than not, um, there's so many cards in the tarot deck that if spirit wants to kind of give you the opposite meaning of what the card is that you pull out, they will pull another card that means that. So you don't really have to read reversals in my opinion, but to each their own. Like however you read is the how is the way that you read and uh, no shade you know we're all learning so uh it's really interesting and then we go to oracle cards which i call um tarot card light <laughs> oracle cards are are cards that are created by um artists and it's up to their interpretation they often come with a guidebook to let you know what the artist had in mind for the message in the card and that's really lovely for me because you get the artist's interpretation and then you could get your own interpretation as well. Um, and then as always with your readers, they, they could always find symbolism in the artwork as well. So, so I really enjoy Oracle cards because there's just so many of them. You can have angel cards, fairy cards, moon cards, uh, cards that deal with nature. Food. Um, yes, food cards, uh, gods and goddesses, and spirit animals. I really like the artwork on spirit animal cards. I don't have a deck. I I, I want to, though. So that's uh, that's on my, my list of things I would like. Things I would like. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I got for tarot cards. And then... Oracle cards are great. Uh, sometimes it's really cool to use Oracle cards to clarify some of the tarot cards. Kind of like, hey, can you smooth this method message out for me? Because you seem a little harsh. Seem a little harsh like you're calling people out. Like you're, like you're throwing the shade. Not all Oracle cards are, are, are sweet and nice. Some Oracle cards can actually be kind of spooky. Um, I like some decks like the season of the witch decks and those ones can be uh beautiful but very hauntingly beautiful sometimes um i'm not sure if any of you are familiar with that but uh yeah some some of those are really cool and um i for a long time only had the rider weight deck for tarot cards and a fairy oracle card deck that my cousin had gotten me and I was using those decks for quite some time but uh, as the years 
came, I was able to get different tarot card decks and quite a few oracle card decks that I feel I resonate with and I've grown accustomed to, if you will. Um, I highly recommend that when you do get a new deck, tarot or oracle card, that you do a uh, interview your deck um, tarot spread and that's where you have a certain set of questions and then you pull the cards out uh, to answer those questions like what the deck's strengths and weaknesses are in readings, um, what the, what they focus on, are they more career oriented, are they good for love and relationship advice, um, stuff like that. And uh, really just kind of make it your own. Some people like the visuals of looking at moon cards. Some people like to have uh, gods and goddesses to be able to, to recognize the kind of magic and, and power and influence certain things have upon situations. Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, had a little bit of a yawn. It's a little late for me. But yeah, I, I really enjoy using these cards in tandem just because um, it, it really opens the view for me and gives me a better look into the all-around picture. And I really appreciate being able to read the cards the way that I do now. It's been quite the learning process and it took a lot of practice but um, I feel like we never really quite stop learning. We just should keep going because it's, it's so important to our growth and so important for us uh, as people to, to keep that knowledge uh, fresh and, and remind ourselves that we're, we're people in process learning things every single day. With using the cards I feel like it's not something that I am but just a tool that I use to get a few answers and quite honestly you don't need the cards to get answers that you want um, but they do help in assisting you with a little bit of a different perspective and that's what I liked about it I enjoy having the cards being able to communicate or translate certain things that I am not seeing the bigger picture of because I am possibly in crisis or I'm going a diff going through a difficult time and that's what I like to use the cards for when I do readings for other people when you're in crisis or you're stressed out sometimes a reading can put things into perspective and kind of bring you back down and, and ground you a little bit. Um, or if you just like entertainment, it is quite entertaining to to see what the cards will, will shuffle up and whether you believe in their message or not. It's it's really quite interesting. So yeah, I, I, I think that from an entertainment perspective it's really fun to read and learn and understand things when you're when you're doing it so um, if you're interested in learning about tarot cards and oracle cards I would highly recommend possibly taking a uh, a little look onto maybe YouTube 
and get yourself associated with some videos that kind of teach you or, you know, try to go, go it at yourself, teach yourself and, and start pulling the cards and see what comes up with. You'll, you'll never know until you try. I would highly also advise, uh, protecting yourself, protecting your energy, protecting your sitter's energy. If you're reading for others before you start pulling the cards out, you know, you want to be responsible with your energy and make sure that nothing is, uh, getting all clogged up in your tubes, so to speak. But yeah, that's, uh, that's my, my talk on the cards and I also want to talk about the other tools that I use, which is um, uh, I use some runes. And runes are kind of like akin to Norse mythology. They're uh, stones. Uh, some are made of bones. Some are made of wood. And it, they've got the Germanic alphabet kind of like carved into them. And... Uh, the mythology behind it, you know, just like kind of like the Cliff Notes version is like the the god Odin found them and, you know, they can be read in one, twos or threes. And uh, it's a it's a pretty cool way to divinate. And it really kind of like some of these runes are um, they have their meanings like some are for abundance and some are for fertility but they really do have their own energy signatures on these stones. And depending on what kind of um, stones you get can actually kind of power up your ratings with them. Um, mine are made of uh, lapis lazuli and some are made of, um, I believe, rose quartz. Some are made of amethyst. Some you can get made of carved out of bone or like I said carved out of wood uh, whatever you feel comfortable with is really the best way to do it and the runes came into my perspective I would say late 20s um, I was watching a video and I saw a woman who had runes carved into wooden wooden pebble type things and I thought it was quite interesting and I wanted to be able to to use something like that. I, I feel like it's more along the lines of uh, Norse mythology is actually quite interesting and it's something that I want to touch on in a different episode. Maybe I'll have a guest on when I talk about it. But um, yeah, Norse mythology is really, really interesting to me. I love the gods and goddesses that are are the embodiment in that in that genre and uh, big fan I like to learn about it and you should learn about it too when you get a chance um, another tool I use is scrying I don't have a crystal ball but if I did I would probably scry a lot more through a crystal ball um, some people use water to scry uh, others would use you know, stones that have like a reflective surface, surface so that they can kind of like uh, zone into it and see what they can see. I, I find obsidian to be a really particularly nice stone to scry with. And 
I, I think the crystal ball thing is one of the things that people think of most when they think of like uh, mystics and psychics and mediums. They think of somebody looking into a crystal ball and being able to see their future and, and stuff like that. Um, I don't see the future when I look in crystal balls, but I will see um, kind of like scenarios, um, possibly things from the past that have happened. Or uh, I'll see imagery of um, like, uh, I guess you would say like um, scenery, stuff like that, objects. Um, but today, I don't think I've seen anything like in the future. I've just seen stuff that's either present or from the past. And then um, we've got charm casting, which is like symbols and names, characteristics, personal interpretations on different charms like, you know, apples and or a charm with a, a rocking horse or a charm with a, a dolphin. And there's kind of like a master list that I created for it for myself of how to read and interpret it but I also kind of go with what I feel it is and then I want my clients or my sitter to be able to interpret it themselves because I was speaking to Sam the other day about how uh, you can cast a apple charm and um, apples can could be about good health apples can be about temptation but to your sitter maybe they have a teacher in their life and an apple signifies a teacher to them so uh yeah that that charm casting i feel is very interesting it's something that i kind of recently developed to do with my readings because i've seen other readers charm cast and i really find it uh, interesting. It's really fun to see how people interpret it. You can have multiple meanings for some things and it's, it's really cool to me because it feels like, Hey, we're reading this together in a way. Yeah. Discovering it together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Plus like in your charm casting, a lot of people, uh, don't know that like with, um, bone casting or like osteomancy a lot of that was like charm casting where they did like signify bones what bones which certain bones meant what but they would include stuff like buttons uh, and they would put their own meaning on what that button meant or stuff like um different stones or sticks like an acorn they would say like this means this and that means that and this is uh this is how I'm going to interpret them. And with like bone casting and stuff like that, along with charm casting, it's also relevant to look at where they land. Um, you have one object that's supposed to be you and say you cast the objects and one is like f super far from the charm that you've said is you then that would mean that this thing is actually further from you than you than you thought. Which is important for somebody to know if like maybe they're working on an activity or 
uh, trying to achieve a goal, they would be knowing, oh, it's going to take me a little bit longer than I per- originally believed. Yeah. I like that. I like the, the osteomancy. I'm just not too keen on using bones. That's just, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, just not my, my bag, baby. Um, then there's tassiomancy, which is like the reading of tea leaves. I don't use this one, but I really want to learn how to use it because I think it's just, well, first of all, I love tea, but I think it's just really cool to be able to like the person that you're reading for, right? They drink the tea and then you take the cup back and you flip the cup over and then whatever, you know, symbols or shapes or or numbers that you see inside the cup that's that's the information you're divining and i just think it's so cool it's cool to have something like that and it's just the price of tea i like it i like it but uh um i know i said those were my tools and i gave you some examples of stuff that um i didn't use which was the the tea leaves and you know the bone casting thing and uh they have other stuff like divining or dousing rods those are those copper l-shaped rods that you hold on to and when they cross it means yes and when they go apart from each other it's supposed to mean no uh you know i read up as much as i could but i still couldn't find really a lot of information of how it supposedly detects a, a spirit you know, I know it detects water, but that makes me kind of like, are waters the same as spirit? Like, is that the same energy? You know, those are the things. Is it that to was... detect spirits or is it for spirits to answer questions? Yeah, but the, I think it's, is it the same? I think it's the same thing. Like, I feel like maybe it has the same energy. It was detecting and answering questions? Yes. I don't know. Uh, So we're moving on from that. And um, I would say... I would say the cards are my favorite thing to do. I like the cards because they have a more um, in-depth message. And they can be interpreted... In a lot of different ways. The charm casting is another one because like I said, it feels like kind of like a group effort to read the situation. And you never know what's gonna resonate with your um the person that you're reading for, whether it be you or yourself. Sometimes like a apple is just an apple to you, but it could have deeper meaning for your person. Uh, that you're reading for and I think that's really important when you're using these divination tools is to make it personal and figure out what you're going to use them for um I don't think you you could get the the full joyous effect of being able to read cards without you know really understanding them it kind of just like I feel like that's what happened to me when I was a teenager. Like maybe I just didn't uh, appreciate them as much when I was a teenager because I was also trying to block out that part of my life, the the being able to um, communicate with spirit just made it feel like a little bit less scary, but also 
highly overwhelming because I was afraid of everything. And I still kind of am a little weenie about things, but back then as a teenager, I was afraid of a lot. And um, having the cards, it just added an extra thing that I was scared about because I didn't quite fully understand them. And that's why when I was in my 20s and late 20s that I started getting back into uh, the cards because at this point, look, it's all on the table and now I'm ready to go back into the cards and actually learn and understand them so that it's less scary, if that makes any sense. And I feel like once you kind of learn something or understand something, it's just a little bit less scarier. What do you think? I do think that when you learn things and understand things, uh, it does make you more comfortable and you are less fearful. Mm-hmm. So I agree. Oh, cool. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, am I talking your ear off? No, I still have my ears. <laughs> I feel like I've been talking so much. I I think that the tarot cards are so interesting because they have so many different meaning to them and the experience that I've heard growing up with people using tarot cards is like so crazy to me because I don't really have a lot of the same experiences that I've heard about and that was another reason that I shied away from them because people would try to warn me that they were um, evil that they were uh, not safe and and stuff like that. And um, I felt like people were trying to compare it as, as scary and evil as uh, Ouija boards, which, by the way, I will not fuck with. <laughs> that's not... That's not like anything like like spirit told me not to mess with it. It was more like, yeah, I just I'm not going to mess with that. I, I just feel like I it, it's not my thing. Have you ever? Have you ever? Never, ever. Have you? No. <gasps> Why would I? Because when I mentioned it, you were like. <sighs> I was? Yeah, you had a face. I. I was born with a face. Oh my goodness. Have you ever heard any scary stories about Ouija boards? Not really. Like, you know, the, the little folks' wise tales or whatever. That they return it to the store and then it was back at their house when they got <gasps> home. What? I mean, that's all like folklore stuff. But you used to sell them at uh, Toys R Us, yeah? I guess. Did you? I mean, I wasn't like a dealer. Of oh, them. my goodness. <laughs> I meant where you used to work at Toys R Us. Yeah, well, I don't know. I Let me give the store a call and see if they carry them. Because you said that the Toys R Us that you used to work at was haunted. I did? Okay, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I think all Toys R Us's are haunted. Because I could have sworn that that was the Toys because R Us everybody kept just, saying was yeah. haunted. The only thing that ever happened to me was I was in upstairs, had like a stock room upstairs uh-huh. and I was like moving stuff and like stuff fell. That was the only thing that really <laughs> happened to me, but things fall all the time and it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm being haunted. Oh my God. <laughs> it was like these poles that I had leaned up against the wall and they just fell over. Can you imagine if it was a like angry spirit going, stop moving my shit. <laughs> they're I'm just so moving mad. shit. <laughs> I, I I like 
think that that's kind of like interesting that people, um, they have a lot of stock oh, in the, the Ouija thing. The Toys R Us is haunted now. What? How is it haunted now? By the spirit of a former Toys R Us that used to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Did it close down? Oh, like years ago. Oh, didn't it? dang. I don't know. I feel like Toys R Us, like, I thought up Toys R Us went out of business. And then they came back around like, hey, we're going to circle the train a like, little bit longer. <laughs> when there's a full moon, you can still see merchandise in the windows. Like, every once in a while, there's a pop-up, and they only have WWE Sheamus figures for like, sale. <laughs> we have a guy that walks the parking lot looking for carts. But there's no cards. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Could you imagine being a ghost and like the, the way you haunt is boring? You're just like <laughs> on a cart run for eternity? Yes. <laughs> like I'm on a cart run for the next 300 years. Oh man. And then they don't even like get carts. They're just smoking like oh. a ghost outside. And just like, I hate my job. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the building's not even there anymore. Right. <laughs> and they're still complaining about like, it. Like, bro, you can go. Go. My shift's not over. Like, <laughs> oh man, that would suck, actually. Yeah, the joys of haunting a Toys R Us. Right? Oh my gosh. What where, would you haunt? Where a ghost can be a ghost. <laughs> what would you haunt if you were a ghost? I don't know, like a strip club? Oh my god. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> They have comedy shows sometimes there. Oh my gosh, what? I don't know. Oh That's the goodness. first thing I thought of. What would you want? I could tell. Oh my god, I'm not any better. Like, the first thing that went into my head wasn't even, like, a smart thing. It was, like, Casco. <laughs> it was like, you can't eat anything, dummy. Like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Can you imagine if there was like haunted? There probably is a haunted strip clubs. Yeah, I mean, there's some old buildings that are strip clubs probably somewhere in the world. Guys, tell us if you want us this this funky Sam Medina and moi. Uh, tell me if you want us to go ghost hunting at strip clubs. <laughs> I'm sensing a presence. I'm sure we can find somebody. It smells like cucumber melon spray. I'm sure we can find somebody willing to talk to us that has strip club ghost stories. <gasps> if you have strip club ghost stories, talk woo-woo to me. I want to know if there's going to be any freaking like ghost that would come through at a strip club going, what do you mean it's a strip club? I would never be in a strip club. And they just don't know that it was made into a strip club. Imagine if they just had the same dollar bill. <gasps> Dang! And they just wouldn't leave their hand. <laughs> what if there were ghost strippers? And Dang. then ghost... Uh, what, what would they be called? Ghost Patrons? Patrons? <laughs> that would be crazy. Customers? That reminds me of that like brothel oh, scene in Beetlejuice. Gentlemen? <gasps> Dang. Because they're gentlemen's clothes. It is true. It is true. That would be interesting. I feel like that that would be a, a very interesting ghost hunt right there. How would you know if you had a, a ghost in your house? I don't know. Maybe they're a ghost stripper. 
Maybe. I feel like they would have a good sense of humor. Anyway, uh, back on subject. Guys, I think that I talked your ears off about, you know, all these cards and, and the different tools that I use. And I, I, I just... There's so many different things that you can use to communicate or use for divination. Some people uh, use witches runes and some people will go as far as to uh, dipping hot wax into water and they use that to to scry for shapes and symbols. Um, you don't need to have a lot of money to be able to do some of these things. You kind of just put your your own intention and your own spin on them and you can be able to get answers for your situations um, with just a little bit of diligence and, and learning and being able to be comfortable with with reading for yourself and others not that you have to read for yourself and others but if you're if you're interested I would highly encourage you to learn you know one form or another and maybe you could come back and and tell me about it. Tell me what you learned. Also, I would really like to shoot an episode on different folklore and mythology. So if you are really into either of those things, you know, it could be mythology on monsters. It could be mythology on, you know, Greek gods, goddesses. It could be, you know, whatever your little heart desires. I want to hear it. Um... What do you, what do you think that uh, the way that tarot cards are made, uh, with the what like I said with the major arcana, the big life lessons, the minor arcana, the the things, the situations that you would find yourself in, uh, do you think that there would be <clears throat> a time where you wouldn't trust what the cards were telling you? I mean. I didn't really understand the hierarchy of the cards until you kind of talked about this. But I don't think the trust so much goes in the cards as it goes into like the message. And the message is not necessarily what the card is. Like, I don't know. So, no, I don't think there's a reason to trust, to distrust, or to really trust the card. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just kind of learn something from it either way whether you trust it or you don't you're still going to walk away um, learning something about yourself and about life yeah i i was speaking on it before as um sometimes when you're pulling the cards out it's usually uh, at a moment of crisis and when you're in a moment of crisis it really helps to get a different perspective on it an unbiased perspective who's not going to kind of like pussyfoot around your feelings. And that's what the tarot cards do. They kind of provide that unbiased perspective and, and kind of shed a little bit of light on what you're going through. And it kind of, you know, I don't want to say it's tough love, but it's more, um, a stern love, <laughs> a teaching love. Yeah. A nice little, little teacher. And, as I said, you're going to know what what is best with your cards and, and where their strengths and weaknesses are and, and what they can help you with. 
And I really think it's important for you to be able to um, navigate your life without the cards as well. You don't need the cards to constantly tell you everything that's going to happen because as far as I know um, from spirit telling me personally is uh, some things they want you to be surprised with, pleasantly surprised with. Some things are meant to be an unfolding and to really like give you that, you know, not shock, but give you that like, well, that turned out okay. And that was good. Because if you constantly rely on card readings and the cards and divination tools and you're constantly wanting to know what's next and what's the future and what's going to happen and what's going to happen and what's going to happen, what is really going to happen is you are starting to present a vibration of having a lack of faith that things are going to be okay regardless of what the cards say. So if there's anything that I can give you a message, I would say it's that, um, anything in excess is not so great. You don't want to have a lot of, uh, you know, divining all the time constantly because you need, you need to like relax and have a little bit of an element of surprise to come in and, and, and really show you what the, the magic is all about. So with that, I want to tell you guys that I appreciate you listening to me drabble on and on about uh, my tools and what I use for uh, myself and for reading for others. I also like to implement, uh, you know, my personal spin on things, which is uh, bringing in the mediumship and channeling messages for my clients as well, because that's also important for them, whether it be for healing, uh, closure, or, you know, just to answer some questions. It's really important to trust yourself and understand that we're all in this together. And that's why I do this. And I appreciate you listening. So I hope that you're doing okay. I hope that this message and this episode gave you a little bit of enlightenment, kind of uh, took off the the crust out of your eyes, you woke up a little bit, and uh, I hope to hear from you on our next one, our next episode. Thank you so much, Funky Sam Medina, for joining me again. Thank you for having me here. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>